Hey there guys and gals, it's your old pal Paul. It's contest time here at GeekPod. Want to win a four pack of free Five Wits tickets? Of course you do. All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a five star review on the GeekPod page. Not only will we read it on the air, but we will pick the best one and reward them with free Five Wits tickets. And now, back to a brand new GeekPod podcast. Welcome to issue three of the Fist of Kanchu, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Well, we're back, and we're changing things up just a little bit. We're still going to go through and do the wonderfully glorious origins of Moon Knight from the <laughs> 70s, but I've also decided because I just can't wait any longer, I also want to start discussing the current run of Moon Knight, the one that started in 2014, volume five. So we're going to do double duty on these now, hopefully give you a little bit longer episode from here on out. Today we are focusing on Moon Knight's very first solo appearance, Marvel Spotlight number 28, and after that we will do Moon Knight number 1 from 2014. Now this is typically where I would throw the synopsis to Dr. Hugh. However, Dr. Hugh had four teeth pulled this morning. Um, we are going to talk about that more in the normal Geek Pod podcast uh, later on this afternoon, but Paul's going to take care of some of the heavy, heavy lifting for me right now, because I can only feel half my face. <laughs> so the synopsis for Marvel Spotlight number 28. In Manhattan, Moon Knight stages a stakeout of seven spies. Who are these mysterious masked men that have piqued the vigilante's interest? Moon Knight teams up with trusted ally Frenchie to get to the bottom of a political plot. Featuring the many guises of the mysterious Moon Knight. That's the synopsis directly from Marvel of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And our good friends at Comic Vine have summed up for us as well. Moon Knight beats up a gang of thugs in an alley who are trying to break into the mayoral candidate's headquarters. It is revealed that Conquer Lord planned to blame the break-in on the candidate's competitor so that, he, so that he'd forfeit. Did you want to touch upon Conquer Lord right now? Uh, well, I mean, man, that sounds like the bad guy's name from a bad porn parody. I mean, <laughs> I, just, I know it was the 70s, but, I mean, people weren't stupid in the 70s, were they? I don't think could, so. Could they not look at that and go, that's an awful name? I'll wait till they see the costume. Oh. <laughs> Comic Vine continues, Unfortunately for Moon Knight, one of the gang was an undercover cop. No, not really. The entire gang was yeah. undercover cops. Conquer Lord learns of their failure and decides to take things into his own hands. Meanwhile, Mark returns home only to duck back out as Jake Lockley. He heads to Gina's diner. I think it's Gina. G-E-N-A. Gina. I'm calling it Gina. Okay. Unless we want to call it Gina. Either or. Where Crawley gives him the word on the street, including word on Conquer Lord. 
Moon Knight intercepts Conquer Lord's assassination attempt on the mayoral com competition, but the tables turn when he captures Marlene, and he learns that that the shot found its target anyway. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting, um, and this was paralleled by the first issue of the new series that this kind of starts off. He's all set up. There, there's not really an origin. Um, they, they kind of. As the story goes on, you're going, who is this guy? Why does he have all this cool stuff? Uh, they start explaining that in a very, uh, kind of like Game of Thrones came out with sex position. I don't know what to call this, but when when they would uh, give plot details while people were having sex. Oh. Rather than actually show that, that growth or, gotcha. or uh, development. I kind of felt like, yeah, we were learning a whole mess of stuff rather than seeing it. Because the bad guys were going, oh, well, here's what we know about this guy, Moon Knight. Which they knew everything. Yeah, which is a little weird. Uh, it really felt like uh, it would be issue 30 of a run, not his first solo appearance. Uh, I don't know, did they ever go back and actually show things from the beginning? I don't know. I I'm starting from the beginning with you. So, so I thought that together. was interesting. Uh, that was also kind of typical of older comics anyway as well. They didn't really think about whether they had to uh, you know, set the plot up. If there was something you needed to know, they just told you. Right, which yeah. they do in spades here. Yeah, which I think adds to the cheesiness. You know, it's kind of like the, the surprise. Mm -hmm. you know, just my opinion. I agree. Um, so, now we are going to... <coughs> cough off my... Again? Yeah. Yeah, I can't complain about being sick, though, if you're showing up after having teeth pulled. Yeah. So, we, I, I do want to touch on some notes. I have notes here, but I do want to point out that both of us literally finished reading this up issue before we started recording. Well, I had my dentist appointment and you had ballet, so we both yes. have legitimate excuses. <laughs> now, the first thing I want to touch upon is, first thing we learned right out of the gate, he's in Manhattan now. He's moved to New York. When we left him in Werewolf by Night, that was in Los Angeles. Yeah. So he's moved clear across the country. Again, parallels with the new series. Mm-hmm. Um... The cutscenes, in between him beating up the the, the men was, in black, which were in purple, very disjointing. Very. I, I didn't even know what was going on at first, and then I realized that basically what they did is you take a page. Usually, you read the panels from uh, left to right. What they did is they had two parallel stories going on that went down, one down the left side and one down the right side. Not saying that that's not a, a good way to tell a story, but I, I didn't have any indication that's what I was supposed to be doing. So I was kind of like. What? <laughs> what is going on here? But this is what we were pointing out with the bad guys. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is where we were discussing with um, Mr. Grant's staff before we even know who Mr. Grant is at this point. Yeah. Um, as we find out soon, Mr. Grant is one of Mark Spector's guises. They're calling them here. It's before we find out he's batshit crazy. Basically, they're 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 showing us the supporting cast. Yeah. Right out of the gate, uh, Samuel, our butler. Merkin, the valet. Okay, I, I just want to stop there. And I, is that somebody's idea of a joke? <laughs> now, should we spell it out for them, or should we make them go Google what a Merkin is? Well, you know, this came up in some. Uh, what was it? Oh, uh, came up on True Blood, and my my wife did not know what that referenced. So, yeah, Paul, go ahead and take it away. Okay, back in the day, because this is an, an archaic practice at this point, when a gentleman was not um, 
lushly groomed down below, we'll say. Okay. Um, they used to sell these things called merkins, which basically is a hairpiece for your junk. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to take the place of pubic hair. As I understand it, it's a very, very old-time thing to it's for cleanliness, I believe. They actually had to, they, they encouraged them to shave their real hair to make sure there was no chance for lice and whatnot way back in the day. Because I mean, you could also always 70s. shake the lice out of your wig. Yes, you know, just beat it on a rack. So yeah, uh, we've decided our valet is not or the wig, not your junk. We yeah, have. I mean, they still do that. This whole website's devoted to that. <laughs> and now the other thing I noticed with 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 our, our boy Merkin, that guy has to get the joke constantly though. Why the long face? Did you see the initial picture of him? No, I did not. Maybe we should have to post it on the site because he literally looks like he has a horse face. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've known some people like that. Oh, and I forgot. And then then we meet uh, Mr. Grant's secretary slash girlfriend, I guess, Marlene Fontaine, who is going to become uh, an important character fairly quick from the looks right. of it. Okay. Now, jump in on whatever you got for notes when, when you have them okay. as we get there. Absolutely. And... Then my next note is, it's always nice to get the hero's origin story from the bad guys. <laughs> I think it's the first time I've ever seen that. And in fantastic detail. And apparently, like, there is a cross-country information network with bad guys here because they say that they got a file from the committee. Yeah? Who, as you'll remember, was the big bad in Werewolf by Night. Oh my god, this issue, it, it, it predicted the internet. That's what started it. Exactly. The file sharing. There they go. <laughs> And as we're getting the origin from um, Weasel, I think his name was, the lackey for Mr. Quinn. Yes. Who then, like, has a hissy fit and says, don't call me Mr. Quinn. Yeah. Okay, did you catch it in there? And I'm not sure if it was a mistake or if they did it intentionally. He insisted on being called Conqueror Lord. I did not catch that, no. He starts off saying Conqueror Lord, and then it goes to Conquer Lord. Which, as we both know, was Hugh's favorite villain name ever. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have my wife call me that tonight. <laughs> That's a whole different story. That's another podcast. Uh, and then I kind of quit doing notes until we got to the end there with the mayor's ball. Because I really found nothing of interest in the, the cabbie scene. Yeah. Except that he's a cabbie and he goes and gets information from a diner. Yeah, that's sounds like an old seventies TV show. Yeah, so was Crowley basically their version of Huggy Bear? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, I I did notice, and I, I think that this is where you're going next. So they're headed to the mayor's ball at this point, right? Didn't catch in his first appearance uh, so far that his powers were actually tied to the phases of the moon, which he goes into detail about later. One throwaway panel. Yes. Yeah. But they also referenced in the origin that he got bit by the werewolf? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that happening. No, neither do I. I know he tore his cape. 
And you know what's funny is the bad guy even says when he, because he's showing them slides, because they don't have videos back then. He's showing them slides of the guys. And it shows a slide of something that doesn't quite look quite like a Werewolf by Night and a Moon Knight fighting. And he says, even says, well, this slide isn't a actually real, and we're not sure that this really happened. Yeah, I mean, this, he said, this could I'm, be fake. Yeah. yeah, this could be fake, which means they actually have uh, an AV department that fakes superhero <laughs> origin slides if there's a rumor something might have happened. Somebody <laughs> dressed up like Moon Knight, and somebody dressed up like Werewolf by Night, and staged a fight so they could take a picture for this slide. You gotta love it. I I'm guessing their evil money could be better spent somewhere else. You would think. But think Coming about, up with better yeah. names. And well, costumes. that's yeah, definitely. And so that, then I see that we don't have a our typical damsel in distress with Marlene, like in the the '70s girlfriends from most of these Marvel books were all the wilting flower. Yeah, yeah. Marlene not so much. She wanted to get in there and mix it up with the boys, and uh, that that worked out swimmingly for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was doing good, and then you know she kind of got in the way. And yeah. Then Moon Knight threw the bad guy at her. Yeah. And then we wrap up the episode issue. God, I'm stuck on this episode issue thing. It's an episode issue. Yes. Your episode issue, not mine. <laughs> My issue with the episodes. <laughs> and then we wrap it up with Irma Gerd. The mayor's been shot. <laughs> there we go. And and is it just me or was Moon Knight more concerned about? Marlene being kidnapped and the mayor being shot. He was. Shot. And, and you know what? He doesn't really seem unhinged here. or I mean, he seems maybe a little eccentric, but he seems like Batman on steroids. You know, he's got a, a gadget for everything. Uh, running around. He's a millionaire. He's a cab driver. He's a, it just, it was... He, uh, the things that I hate about 70s comics, plus one. Right, exemplified here. Yeah, but he doesn't seem like the, the crazy... Guy. And he d doesn't seem like the same character that was in Werewolf by Night to me, at least. No, I mean, now they've at least fleshed him out. Like you said, in the Werewolf by Night books, it seemed like he was the, the bad guy of the week. Yeah. And now they're at least fleshing him out. They've given him his own thing, as weird as it is. Um, but, oh, and again, it's, I, I forgot to mention this, too. It, is this going to be a thing where he's constantly just getting shot at by the police? Maybe. Well, I thought it was interesting. He's established in the city, and the police, you know, they ha they have a working relationship, uh, which again is paralleled in the new book. Yes. Not quite sure I get that, but okay. Uh, yeah, but my my last note for this issue was because I I was sitting here while you were reading it, and I just want to point out that five pages into this story, um, the first thing you mutter is. God, I hope this is almost over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was awful. That was awful. <laughs> Do you have any more notes for this issue? No. Okay. So this issue was penciled by Don Perlin, written by Doug Monk, which are our same fellows from the Werewolf by Night books. Interestingly enough, editor on this, Marv Wolfman. Um, he, would have thought he would have been the editor on the last one. <laughs> I give you that, uh, but that's very interesting to me because Marv Wolfman is also the creator of Nova, who we all know I'm a huge fan of. Uh, colorist Irving Watanabe, and letterer Irene Vardinoff. Whoa, there was a woman working in comics in the seventies. Yeah, and she wasn't the secretary. I mean, she was a letterer, so it was basically a step up. <laughs> Now, where can people get this issue if they really want to get it? Um, 
you could probably go out and find uh, the original. It's probably a little pricey with it being an older book, and it's fairly key for Moon Knight fans. But we've also been collected in a couple of places. Essential Moon Knight Volume 1, if you want to get it in black and white, or the brand new Marvel Epic Collection, Bad Moon Rising, Marvel Vol Mar Moon Knight Volume 1, which is where we read it. Now, if you want to get it digitally, tough shit. <laughs> they don't have it digitally right now. So, that about wraps it up for Marvel Spotlight 28 for me. I, I've said everything I've got to say about it. I've said more than I wanted to. Now, let's move on to something I hope you enjoyed a little bit more. I did. Moon Knight number one from the current run. Issues titled Slasher. This was by the... I'd have to say one of the greatest creative teams they've done yet. Warren Ellis was the writer on this, with Declan Shelby on the cover and art. Stephen Wacker and Ellie Pyle were editors. Jordi Belair was the colorist, which, there we go, we have another female on this one. Yeah, but this is 2014, <laughs> right. I expect that. Equality. And letterer is Chris Iliopoulos. Nice try. I, I was going wherever I could with it. Now, again, I'll read the synopsis here. We're going to give him a break. Yeah, because I'm bleeding. Now, Marvel's synopsises tend to not give so much away anymore. Mark Spector is Moon Knight, or is he? It's hard to tell these days, especially when New York's wildest vigilante protects the streets with two-fisted justice and three, that's right, count them, three different personalities. But even when the, even with the mystical force of Kanshu fueling his crusade, how does the knight's greatest detective save a city that's as twisted as he is? The road to victory is going to hurt a lot. Marvel's most mind-bending adventure begins now, and now is in all capital because they're doing. Remember, Marvel now. This was the most mind-bending, really. I guess, as Moon Knight sluices his way to the rotten core of New York's most bizarre mysteries. Now, that sounds to me more like a synopsis for the whole run as opposed to the first issue. Yeah. Now, while that's an interesting thing, I like that. I've referenced this numerous times, and now because I actually have the issue in front of me, I wanted to read it verbatim. I've, I've referenced that on the, the first splash page on this entire run, they do a little recap for you. I think it's a thing Marvel does now anyway, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, most of their books. But I, I love the way this is written because it just sounds to me like it's what you would hear for the first voiceover if it was a TV show. Yeah. It goes, Mercenary Mark Spector died in Egypt. Under a statue of the ancient deity Khonshu, he returned to life in the shadows of the moon god and wore his aspect to fight crime for his own redemption. He went completely insane and disappeared. This is what happened next. Cue the uh, theme song to the A-Team or something. Right. But... That's just so fucking cool. And I've got to say, that had to be Alice. That that had to be yeah. all Alice on it. So, what did you think about this one? Oh, this was much better. I mean, this is something I'm looking forward to reading now uh, for our, our next issues. Um, it does parallel the, the first solo appearance a lot because we kind of show up in the same place. He's there, the cops have a relationship with him, he's sort of semi-working with them. He is all established, but this time he's not 
you know, he may be a billionaire. I don't know. We didn't. I mean, it seems like he has some money, but he's not like got a girlfriend in the penthouse and a secret, you know, outdoor entrance to a swimming pool and stuff like that. You know, it's a little bit more grounded. Uh, I was surprised to see the suit, and he shows up, and basically he's talking to the uh, the police. And he's wearing an all white suit instead of his ghost knight outfit. And I was a little thrown because they're referring to a slasher as if it's a thing. Now, there is slashers, you know, referred to, you know, a murderer or something like that. But it's kind of a generic term. I got the feeling that this was a much more um, pinpointed term. Like a, a slasher is something they refer to a specific kind of killer. Um, did you get that feeling? I did. And it's almost like because they referenced the... The freak beat or the freak squad, yeah. And I just think that's like their their unit for these kind of things. Yeah. So that's probably one of their classifications. Gotcha. And that wasn't really explained, so um, I mean that did leave me a little lost. I do think it's interesting that he seems like he's a uh, big time already. Yeah. You know, again, no origin. That must be a thing with Moon Knight. I guess. Probably it's hard to nail it down with as many iterations as I am the one that always complains that I hate origin stories, so I guess I shouldn't complain. I do figure that they're just bringing everybody in, like they're they're dropping you in, assuming that if you're picking up Moon Knight, you know Moon Knight. Gotcha. Moon Knight is, as we referenced before, almost parallel with DC with characters like Hawkman, who have been so damaged from people trying stuff that he's kind of been like hands off for a while. Yeah. And it is because everybody comes in with their own take and thinks it's just the coolest thing ever to do and it just fucks the character up worse and yes I'm talking directly to you Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> now just to let everybody know basically there's uh, some guy killing people uh, apparently Moon Knight protects people who travel at night that was new I think Yeah. Uh, so he follows the guy you know goes down to the sewers to try to track the guy and, and you know the one page that stuck out for me was the page where he's going down the ladder down to the underside of Manhattan because he makes the comment, "What is the, uh, what's as as deep as uh, the Manhattan skyline is tall, or something like that, or something along those lines?" And they're referring to the tunnels and everything under the streets. And he's going down this tunnel, and you can see him. You know, he passes a subway. This is a one page. He goes past the subway, then he goes past some homeless people roasting a cat over a. You just told one of my notes. Yeah, I, I was just. <laughs> it was just interesting because. That little touch wasn't needed there. He could have just gone down the tunnel and went after the bad guy. I thought it was nice. It really set the uh, the tone and, and built the world. Oh, I love it. I agree. And that's why I've been raving about this, with this being my favorite run of Moon Knight yet. Um, I, I did notice that, and you'll see going forward, because I have read all of these ones, obviously, this run. This, I love this run. I, I've raved about this issue numerous times. I'm to me, even. Yes. Um, you'll see that with his different personas in costume this time they, they even have different references like this one they call him Mr. Knight when he's in the three piece suit and the mask Gotcha. and you'll see later on like you referenced when he's in the, the cloak and cowl it's kind of like the ghost knight they call him which I was impressed that you had already touched upon that one but I, I love and I've said this numerous times discussing this one too how Warren Ellis brings you inside his head without actually doing it like with him explaining the entire crime scene and his detection skills and how he goes through the whole thing 
And they just make him basically this quiet badass. Yeah. Which I'm guessing he isn't all the time. That's just the one personality, right? Yeah, as, as we'll see later on. I mean, the different ones, he acts a little bit different. I mean, regardless, he's ridiculously brutal. And some of the personas. This one, he barely throws a punch. Yeah. And just the way it's it's done and presented was just so smart. From a writing aspect, not just yes. necessarily from him. But again, I, I'm I'm gushing over all this one again, and they can literally find three Geek Pod episodes where I do the same thing. So yeah. I want I want to give you some room to stand on this one. Well, Paul's talked about how uh, as he walks into the room with the bad guy, uh, the guy goes on talking, ha ha ha, I'm gonna you know do whatever. And then Moon Knight says, I beat you two minutes ago, and I walked in the room. And he flicked one of his little, um, moonerangs? I don't know what the I guess the, the crescent darts. Yeah, and it went around and went into a piece of machinery attached to the bad guy. And he'd already, he already had him beaten. And I went back and checked. It all was there. Um, I didn't notice it on the first read-through, though. I, 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 from hearing Paul talk about it, I knew that this was going to happen, so I was trying to find it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was really clever. Had I not known that going into it, it would have been more powerful. Thanks, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was great. Yeah, he, like you said, he didn't even throw a punch. I think he had to, to juke back once, and that was it. With his hands behind his back. Yes, yes, with his hands behind his back. And my favorite line from the whole thing is at the very beginning when they're talking about him being in an all-white suit. And they say, well, why? He says... He likes people to see him coming. And then they, they take a beat. And did you catch the next word, Bubble? No. Because he's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just love that. But the, because he likes to see... The, he likes people seeing him coming. It's just, it exemplifies exactly what I like about this crazy-ass character. Nice. He's like the Batman for the insane. That's what it comes down to. I mean, still. I mean, Batman, obviously... You know, you can't be completely on the level if you're yeah. dressing up with giant pointy ears. Yes. And I do like the fact that they did touch upon his mental illness. I mean, it's it's a Moon Knight series, you have to. But they gave it a real-world classification. They explained it as well as can be expected, I guess, for a yeah. crowd that isn't medical. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. So, all around, of the two we did... And I don't even know why I have to ask this, because I'm sure you can answer it before I finish this. Which did you like better? Oh, the new one, of course. Though, uh, before we uh, completely get off this, I do want to throw out there, the last page left me uh, scratching my head. Uh, the very last page of the issue, uh, Mark is sitting down at his empty, what looks to be a rundown mansion. You see two other people kind of there. I- I'm guessing those are other aspects of his personality. And then there's some dude wearing one of those bird-like death mask things, I, I don't know, uh, sitting in another chair, and he says, I'm your daddy, or I'm your, or something. You are my son. You are my son. And I'm just like, I, I think there needed to be another panel there, because it, it just... For the uninitiated. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I'm just Was that Kanshu? Is that what Kanshu looks like? The bird skull thing is their representation of Kanshu. See, now, world. had I known that, I wouldn't have been going, eh? Well, the thing is, before you see that panel, you yeah. never see Kanchu looking like that before. Like, previously in, in, in other volumes, you see Kanchu as the statue, because he, he has a Kanchu statue, 
and the statue talks to him. Okay. Like, it's it's literally just a disembodied voice coming from the statue before now. Now we get Creepy Bird's Call. And the other two standing there, I'm going to venture a guess and say, are Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant. Okay. Because he is Mark Spector. So I think that's what we're seeing as his other personalities. I think that was a representation, and I, I'm, I'm going with that because of the one guy wearing the, the cabbie hat. Mm-hmm. So, But definitely, if you're not a Moon Knight fan, you're going to miss things like this. But by the time we're done with this run, you'll be very well educated on it. Okay. So now, as usual, where can you find this? You can get the original issue still. Uh, at this point, you're probably not going to find the first printing of issue one because I went to, I believe, four printings. And you can get it in trade. It just came out a few months back. It's called From the Dead, I believe. Moon Knight Volume 1. And you can get this digitally through the Marvel Unlimited subscription. And you can buy it on Comixology. Now, if you want to hear more of our glorious voices, you can find us right on our own website, www.geekpod.com, g33kpod.com. You can also download the episodes from iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, numerous podcast apps. You can also connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod g33kpod we have quite an active presence on there lately and we'd love to hear from you if that's not good enough you can reach us via twitter at geekpod g33kpod or via email at contribute at geekpod.com 